This is Dan Fleisch, and this is the fourth podcast for Section 4.1 of A Student's Guide to Maxwell's Equations. This podcast is about I sub ENC, the enclosed electric current, and the relevant section of the text begins on page 89. Now remember, the Ampere-Maxwell law relates the circulation of the magnetic field around some path C, that's on the left side of the equation, to a constant, the permeability of free space, times the enclosed electric current. That's the first term of the two on the right side. So the enclosing in this case is done by the path C around which the magnetic circulation is taken. Now, a path is not a closed surface, so you might have trouble imagining how a path can enclose anything, so you might want to use the word encircling instead. But even with the word encircling, the question of which currents are encircled by a path bears some careful attention. Look, for example, at figure 4.3 on page 89. Here we have three paths, C1, C2, and C3, and currents I1, I2, and I3. And the question is, are these paths enclosing those currents or not? In other words, if I were going to find the circulation of B, the magnetic field, around C1 or C2 or C3, will that be proportional to the currents that are shown in each of those figures? I think the easiest way to assess that is to imagine a membrane stretched across the path. In other words, imagine these paths, C1, C2, and C3, as the edge of a surface. And let's start out by taking surfaces that stretch fairly tightly across them, such as those shown in figure 4.4 on the bottom of page 89. The idea is an enclosed current is any current that penetrates that membrane. Once you've defined that surface, then you can say the enclosed current is the total or net current that penetrates that membrane. Now, why do I say net? Well, you have to remember, penetration of a surface is a two-way street. Penetration in one direction counts as positive, penetration in the other direction counts as negative. In order to determine whether a current is penetrating a surface in the positive direction or not, imagine wrapping the fingers of your right hand in the direction around the path that you're performing the integration of the magnetic field. So if in 4.4a, for example, we're integrating in the direction shown by the arrow there at the bottom of C1, then wrapping the fingers of your right hand around that direction your right thumb will point in the direction of positive penetration. So in this case, the current enclosed by C1 is positive I1. Now look at the B part of that figure. Clearly in this case, the current I2 is penetrating the membrane for which path C2 is a boundary, but it's penetrating it twice, once going through in one direction and then going through in the other direction. Once again, if we take our direction of integration as shown by the little arrow on the bottom there, it's clear that the first penetration, the one going from lower left toward upper right, is again positive. Using the right hand rule, our thumb points in that direction, that's a positive penetration. On the other hand, the penetration going in the opposite direction is negative. So we get two penetrations, one of positive I2, one of negative I2 and the total is zero. Therefore, the total enclosed current in the case of path C2 is zero. Likewise, looking at path C3, it's clear that that current, I3, never penetrates the surface, so the total enclosed current in that case is also zero. 
Now here's an important part of this. To determine the enclosed current, it doesn't matter what shape surface you choose. So you could have taken the alternative shapes of surfaces shown on the top of page 90. Notice we still have C1, C2, and C3. Our currents are still the same as shown in the previous two figures. But now the surfaces are not stretched tightly across the path. In the case of C1, for example, it looks like a bit of a bowl. Notice that in each of these cases, however, the paths are edges or boundaries of those surfaces. And the Ampere-Maxwell law works with currents that are enclosed by the paths. That means the currents that penetrate any shaped surface for which those paths are boundaries. If you now ask yourself, what's the enclosed current in each case in figure 4-5, you'll get the exact same answer that you got for the surfaces in figure 4-4. In the A part with the bowl, you still have current I1 penetrating in the direction shown. That's the positive direction by the right-hand rule. So the net enclosed current there is plus I1, exactly as it was with the stretch-tight membrane. Now look at the B part of the figure. In this case, that flat membrane has been stretched out into this bit of a stocking cap shape. And I2 goes inside and comes outside without ever penetrating the surface. So the net enclosed current in this case is zero, exactly as it was in 4.4b, but in that case, it penetrated twice, once in a positive sense, once in a negative sense. Now, it doesn't penetrate the surface at all, and so the net is still zero. So there's zero enclosed current in 4.5b, exactly as there was in 4.4b. Finally, take a look at the C part of the figure. Remember, in 4.4C, that fairly tight membrane wasn't penetrated at all by I3. Now we've stretched that membrane out into this chair-like surface. Notice that I3 penetrates it once, going in, and then again coming out. That means there's going to be one positive and one negative. If you add plus I3 to minus I3, you get zero, so exactly as in 4.4c, the net enclosed current here is zero. So what this is meant to demonstrate is that the enclosed current does not depend on the shape of the surface you choose so long as the path around which you're calculating the circulation of the magnetic field is an edge or a boundary of that surface. Picking different surfaces and checking that the enclosed current doesn't change may seem like a trivial exercise, but as you're going to see in the next section, this has major implications for Ampere's law and provides one way of understanding the need for the second term on the right side of the equation that Maxwell added, making it the Ampere-Maxwell law.